tuning in to RWC's podcast. I'm Brian, and today with me is David from Luno. Hi, David. Hi. Uh, can you just tell our listeners um, a, bit, a little bit about yourself and about Luno? So, I'm David Lau. I'm actually the general manager of Southeast Asia for Luno. Um, Luno, if you've heard about it, is actually a global cryptocurrency exchange. Headquartered in London, we have more than 300 staffs globally. Um, and obviously, Southeast Asia is one of our largest markets, especially Malaysia. Uh, we have an office in Malaysia, um, and I'm based here to, to manage the business here. Alright, uh, as we, the news has been raving about for the, for, for the past few months, uh, Luno is one of the only one, I think, right now, to be fully uh, approved as the cryptocurrency exchange. So how has that been? How's the journey been? And how significant is that for Luno? And yeah, for Luno? Definitely, it's a significant achievement. Um, it's a validation of what our company is since day one. Um, I think from day one, unlike a lot of cryptocurrency exchanges, we always believe in playing um, within the rules. Um, and we've always wanted to engage regulators in the best possible manner to find a way to, to put re- uh, some sort of framework to protect investors as well as to harness a positive environment for investors to invest in, um, in, in a, at least in a, in a manner where investors have a lot of um, safeguards and securities in place. So it is a significant achievement for us. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Malaysia is one of the first countries that we ever get licensed in. More to come this year um, and, and we look forward to having more licenses across the world. Uh, I believe that the journey to get uh, yourself from, uh, from starting up from Luno, uh, being a foreign entity, uh, coming to Malaysia and being a fully uh, approved uh, exchange platform would be a very grueling. Is it very grueling? How's the experience for you personally? Uh, it has been very challenging for Luno as a company. Uh, personally, I only joined Luno um, in 20, early 2018, but Luno has actually been one of the oldest cryptocurrency exchange in ah, Malaysia. Okay. In fact, um, Luno entered the Malaysian market sometime in year 2016. Um, and he has grown up to be one of the largest uh, in Malaysia in 2017 due to the Bitcoin bull run, um, as everyone will be aware of. Um, you know, and we've gone through many ups and downs. Um, you know, as some listeners might know, in 2017 we had some challenges with our bank account. In fact, our bank account was frozen. Uh, you know, we had to pause our operations for at least um, or more than a year, in fact, before we could apply for a license and resume resume our business op- operations all the way again. So it's been a very, very challenging um, environment for us. However, it's obviously came with many, many ups um, and satisfaction as well. And we look forward to continue growing the business in Malaysia. Um, so throughout your time, you know, setting up Luno in Malaysia and becoming a fully licensed uh, exchange platform, uh, the regulations regarding uh, cryptocurrency has, has changed somewhat or other. Um, as the state of the regulation is now, are you satisfied with it? Is there more work to be done? How is it compared with like other jurisdictions? Obviously, I think um, a lot of listeners might not know, but Malaysia is actually one of the first country in the world mm-hmm. to introduce cryptocurrency regulations um, in the region. Um, you know, even even countries like the UK hasn't even introduced any framework, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let alone a license like Malaysia. So I'd say Malaysia actually is very much ahead compared to other countries. Um, when we look at the framework, uh, it's sufficient to, to at least provide some basic protection to investors, but obviously it can be further developed. It's a very basic framework. Um, it's not as um, detailed as any other legal framework, but as we know, the law changes with time. Having a basic framework allows the regulator to always constantly make an assessment uh, and, and you know revise um, to, to make it better. So. You know, it, it has been it has been good for us, but we definitely look forward um, to seeing the regulatory landscape 
changes over time as well as the industry matures. Right. Um, you mentioned uh, time and again this phrase of protecting investors. Uh, with so many exchange platforms, not only in Malaysia, because mm. it's digital, you can easily go uh, ex- use a, a platform in, in US, and UK. Uh, what are some pointers or some issues that uh, uh, someone getting into uh, cryptocurrency exchange should bear in mind? So one of the biggest problem in cryptocurrency is that um, users do not know which exchange they can trust um, in, in order to store their cryptocurrency um, as a digital asset, right? And often, a lot of startups and exchanges, when they come into this business, they do not have the necessary mechanisms in place to protect users' funds, which makes them um, very, very susceptible to hacking um, as well as loss of funds, right? So when users hear about Bitcoin being stolen from an exchange, billions and billions of dollars, this is actually one of the main reasons why, right? However, now that we have regulars in place, what it means is that regulars like Malaysia around the world are taking a proactive measure mm-hmm. to not just make an assessment of what exchanges has, but they make sure that they put their words to it uh, in order to make sure that if an exchange is operating, um, you know, a minimum standard of security is in place to protect mm-hmm. users' fund, right? So like Luno for our company, for example, if we tell our users that we store our customers' funds um, you know, in a segregated wallet mm-hmm. uh, that is not mixed with the company's funds with a regulated and licensed place, it proves that we have those systems in place. Right. So, so I think I think I think that's always been a challenge because it's such a nascent industry, businesses has been blossoming because of the demand in cryptocurrency, um, and now finally regulars are coming in to make sure that you know all these businesses that deals with customers' money, mm-hmm. um, as well as their own Bitcoin, there are necessary safeguards in place to protect their funds from being stolen at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the tech side of things, uh, as you mentioned, there's been I mean cryptocurrency past few years you have scams you have hacking etc etc so it has painted a very negative perception on uh, cryptocurrency especially for investors wanting to go in it's very high risk uh, would, you th- would you say that with implementation of technology and the development of technology today would you say that this perception is uh, mitigated somewhat or is it still the same I, I think that we still have a long way to go uh, before uh, people can feel really confident, especially the masses, um, as well as the institutional uh, investors, before they can really feel confident and say, oh, okay, okay, this is an industry where it's it's safe, or at least the risks are being well taken care of for me to put my money in, right? Although, obviously, a lot of demand has been coming in, um, you know, it hasn't really reached the mass market, but we foresee that happening at some point. Um, but with what we foresee happening is that, like Malaysia and around the world, when all countries start putting regulations in place mm-hmm. um, and holding cryptocurrency exchanges accountable, um, then that that development in terms of regulations will definitely drive the entire industry forward and build trust for users to come in um, and invest in the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that will that's what we will foresee happening over the next one to two years. Okay, uh, in terms of um, of course in the discussion of uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, one key idea that always arises is uh, initial coin offering, uh, mm-hmm. ICO, and that has been uh, the talk of Malaysia for months. Uh, what is your personal view about ICO in Malaysia? So, so I think ICO is very interesting, right? It's one of it's one of um, the stuff that came out, um, you know, due to the development of the entire cryptocurrency use case as a whole. Uh, so, for the listeners who don't understand what an ICO is, it simply means initial coin offering. Um, similar to an IPO, startups that wants to develop new ideas in the blockchain sphere, 
they go for they create their own coin and they will raise funds um, via an initial coin offering um, so it is an interesting concept um, however I think having following the market for many many years it has, it has also became um, a huge risk for investors when there is no regulation in place right because most investors who invest in an ICO uh, has a higher risk of losing their money when when the project owners takes the money and run away right so which is why it's it's an interesting concept um, you know it's been proven many around the world that it works uh, but regulars are only starting to come into place to to again put measures in place to put legal requirements on project owners uh, in order to protect customers or investors interest right uh, interestingly yesterday um, the securities commission malaysia has just released its first ever initial exchange offering which is another name for ico um, you know to to uh, framework to, in malaysia to cultivate this ico industry as a whole so we will start seeing a lot more interest and discussions on on this concept um and i i definitely expect this to fully realize uh, its potential in malaysia as well mm-hmm. uh, another hot topic in terms of the um I wouldn't say cryptocurrency, but uh, the financial technology, the fintech uh, sphere, especially in Asia, Southeast Asia, is uh, digital banks, fully digital banks. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, possible services might be cryptocurrency services, uh, whether it's to exchange or even loan or any, any form of traditional banking involving cryptocurrency. Um, what is your take as a, a, a cryptocurrency exchange uh, when it comes to digital banking entering into this sphere of uh, cryptocurrency? So first of all, that's an interesting idea, right? Um, You know, digital bank is uh, licensed actually governed by Bank Nagara, uh, whereas cryptocurrency trading is governed by Securities Commission of Malaysia. So for a digital bank um, that has a a license eventually from the Bank Nagara, for them to come into cryptocurrency trading, they either had to apply for a separate approval from the SC, or they work with players like us to offer that to the mass market, right? It's an interesting concept, I don't rule it out from happening because traditional banks themselves has gone into asset management, um, yeah. right? And it's not it's not uncommon for banks to 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 provide you know banking services as well as provide investment services to to the mass market, um, you know. So it's it's a pretty interesting concept, but and, and I think you know we will definitely see this discussion taking place over the next few years as well. Once digital banking um, comes into play, people getting licenses in digital banking. And as well as having the the cryptocurrency industry develop in a more mature manner, uh, will you say that this because uh, the perception would be these digital fully digital banks are usually big players in the current financial market or banking market um, or even the tech market. Uh, for them coming into these uh, arena where cryptocurrency exchanges are already, I would say, quite established somewhat in in the world. Uh, will you say that this is a disruption towards the the crypto market, uh, crypto exchange market? Definitely not. I think I think I think there's a it's a good assimilation, mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, um, you know, if you look at even traditional markets as a whole, people want all their services in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sort that sort of that sort of marrying will require a lot of um, collaborations, um, as well as understanding of the entire industry as a whole, right? So just because a a, a digital banker has a digital bank license and know how to operate a bank does not mean that they know how to operate a cryptocurrency exchange. Right. It's a separate skill set, separate technology, uh, separate understanding of the market as a whole, um, and and you know it's unlikely for a digital bank to to possess the necessary technologies in place to tackle this industry as a whole. Similarly, vice versa, you know, as a cryptocurrency exchanger, we wouldn't know how to run a bank, mm-hmm. right? 
which is why I think uh, if this confusion were to take place, it will likely involve um, having two separate um, parties coming together to agree on working together to, to develop the entire uh, sphere altogether. Okay, uh, one last question uh, before we end the podcast. Uh, with um, cryptocurrency exchanges, uh, of course, we're not limited by uh, boundaries of uh, nation boundaries. Uh, in, uh, someone in the US can use your exchange here in Malaysia, for example. Uh, and there's so many exchanges going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. How does that uh, how does that go in line with, let's say, uh, anti-money laundering uh, policies, uh, fin- terrorism financing policies and laws? Yeah, that's a very good question, right? Uh, I think actually this is always the first um, biggest concern that regulators have around the world, right? Um, with all with, with, with the internet these days, with money moving so easily across the world, how do they regulate that part, which is the which is a huge risk to any countries around the world, right? Um, I think I think regulators around the world should take what Malaysia did, which is to to regulate what you can, um, you know, which is the cryptocurrency exchanges, right? Um, for a cryptocurrency to realize its full potential, it has to have an ability to convert it to fiat, which is your ringgit or US dollars, right? And that bridge, that connecting bridge between the crypto world and the traditional finance world lies with cryptocurrency exchanges like us, which will facilitate buy and sell of Bitcoin for Ringgit, right? So for regulators around the world to address this issue, they have to regulate this part um, of the bridge Mm -hmm. that connects the new world and the old world um, and making sure that there's sufficient measures and controls in place to monitor as well as mitigate risk of any anti-money laundering and anti-counter-financing terrorism, right? Yeah. Which is what's going on right now, right? Um, you know, a good example is Luno in Malaysia. We are actually a reporting institution to Bank Nagara's uh, Financial Intelligence Enforcement Department, FID, that manages, looks at money laundering and, um, and any illicit activities. Uh, we're also regulated by the SC as a business, right? Uh, to operate our market, making sure that it's free from market manipulation. So they, they have imposed requirements as a business for us um, you know, to perform in order to make sure that these things don't happen. Um, and we have done, we have done that. Um, you know, and if something do happen, we have to report it to, to these regulators. Otherwise, it's a huge penalty on our end. So regulators around the world can take a similar approach like what Malaysia did. Um, and the key to that is really to just put measures and controls in place, putting legal obligations in place to regulate cryptocurrency exchanges that is actually the bridge um, between cryptocurrency and traditional finance. Alright, um, so any last words you have for our listeners, especially those interested in cryptocurrency or looking to join uh, or try their hand in uh, cryptocurrency exchanges? So my, my, my most popular advice to listeners who wants to uh, look into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency as an investment, um, always do your research. Um, there are ample of materials across the world, on the internet, on what cryptocurrency is and what Bitcoin is. Um, for your ease of um, finding, if you, if you don't want to go anywhere, you can just come to the Luno website. We have a host of blogs and articles that teaches the most basic concepts of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as well as blockchain as a, as a, as a, as a technology. Um, so you can just go there and, and check it out. Um, if you choose to invest, my advice would be to always take a very small amount it can be as low as three ringgit um, before to invest in cryptocurrency. Have a taste of it, get yourself familiarized, and once you understand how the market moves, then you can potentially increase um, your your crypto portfolio over time. But always be cautious because um, you know, as with any investments, any high risk return kind of investment always comes with high risk. 
uh, and cryptocurrency is the same, right? So, so be careful, educate yourself. I think that's the most important thing to, to approach this. All right, thank you, David, for your time, for coming here. Thanks, thank you. Uh, you've been listening to RWC Podcast. Thank you.